Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Sunday, bloody Sunday has begun. Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Grid Radio Networks. Let's do this thing. Ian Cameron will step up and in. We got Mo Khan, and we've got a hell of a lot of stuff to unpack uh, tonight on the program. Uh, start. The disaster in the Big D uh, tonight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-3. to It was an epic beatdown, a disgrace, an embarrassment. And I honestly believe that the Dallas Cowboys might be the old, most overhyped, overrated, not just team in sports, but company in the world. You know, I was going to say they're like worse than Apple, but Apple sort of kind of works at least. You know what I mean? It's expensive. It's a pain in the ass, but it works. What do the Dallas Cowboys do? Like, how is this team the most valuable team in the world? At what? Like, it's sucking? Are they? Do they even try to win? Look at their roster. The Georgia Bulldogs have a deeper roster than the Dallas Cowboys do. And now Dak Prescott is out. He's injured. He injured his hand. Not that it matters because he sucked anyways. So he, you know, he, whatever, he's out now. He's out for like, I don't know, who knows, a month, weeks. He guys, he's got a hand surgery. But don't despair. The Dallas Cowboys, they, they you know, the one thing about the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones, he's always prepared. All right? He's always prepared. And he's fully prepared with the backup quarterbacks. If Dak Prescott went down, they knew they were like, listen, Dak does get hurt. Like, I don't know, like every year. So if Dak gets hurt, like he always does, don't worry. We've got somebody to replace him. Cooper Rush. Yeah, that's, that's the most valuable franchise in the world. How is this team the most valuable franchise in the world? Like, seriously, at least like Real Madrid and these soccer teams have like good players and stuff, right? Like, what do you have? Like, at what point the Dallas Cowboy, like, at what point do you people in Dallas just say, you know what? I'm not going to watch this pile of crap anymore. A lot of stuff to unpack. 
Dallas Cowboys scored three points tonight. Their second fewest points uh, in a season uh, opener in franchise history. The only other time the Dallas Cowboys scored fewer was when they lost 28-0 in the 1989 season opener. Troy, Troy Aikman's debut. I remember that game. Like, he got, like, murdered. He got murdered. A lot of crazy stuff uh, going on. All right, a lot, a lot. It was a wild day in the National Football League. Justin Jefferson went off. Um, Jefferson went off. Justin Herbert went off. Raiders fell short. Uh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't need Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill doesn't need the Kansas City Chiefs. The Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots again. Uh, that's 4-0 and for Tua right now. But I know he sucks, right? Uh, Belichick's the greatest. Matt, you, you, you all love Mac Jones. Where, where are all you Mac Jones lovers from last year? Mac who? Say what? Yeah, that's right. You've all moved on now, right? Matt Jones, Matt Muller, Matt Jones, the best rookie quarterback, Matt, Matt Jones. Davis Mills is better than Matt Jones. Dude, what, what did Matt Jones do? Will you hand the ball off at Alabama? Like, seriously? Oh, yeah, Matt Jones. Yeah, two is uh, 3-0 against Matt Jones and 4-0 against the Patriots. Let's roll. Sunday, bloody Sunday has begun. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Let's start off in the big D. Uh, as in, disgraceful. Disaster in Dallas this evening. Things got so bad, Cowboy fan actually started beating each other up. And uh, then they started throwing trash at Dak Prescott. But, hey, Dak Prescott did play like trash. Not that he deserves to have trash thrown uh, at him. If anybody deserves to have thrash uh, thrown at him, it's probably Cowboy fan for propping up uh, this franchise into the most valuable franchise in the world. Like, Jerry Jones really is like a marketing genius this guy like, like he really is like how the hell is this team like the most valuable valuable for what like never winning always choking having bad players overestimating your roster look at this roster does anybody even like believe that jerry jones even pretends to like even want to care about winning and what the hell is jason garrett doing on tv anyways that's a real cutting edge panel you've got with tony dungy and jason garrett <laughs> like dear god it's 2022 uh, the Rams and the Bengals both lost uh, this week. First time since 1999 at the Broncos and uh, when the Broncos and Falcons uh, lost. And just the fifth overall uh, time that uh, both teams that played in the Super Bowl went down as uh, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, went down. They went down hard. Uh, Joe Burrow got beat up. I thought their offensive line was supposed to be better. It was actually worse, much worse. Uh, the field goal kicking, I don't know what was worse. Um, the, the field in Chicago, the field goal kicking in the BYU-Baylor game uh, last night of the field goal kicking in Cincinnati. Isn't this like Money Matt Kid or something? Isn't he like a legend and all that? That's the problem with all the um, the modern social media experts. You all prop everybody up to be the greatest this, the greatest that. Oh, he's amazing. He's Money Mac. Who, the kid that didn't even go into the damn locker room with his team at the Super Bowl last year? Oh, yeah, he was nothing but pure money. You know who's money? Mike Tomlin. That's who's money. He's never had a losing season in the National Football League. Justin Herbert was money today. Patrick Mahomes, well, he's State Farm. He's always money. This is Sports Rage. Thank you, Rage. Bring it. Sports. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. All right, let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moretz. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustler, and everybody else in between. We're kicking at Sirius XM Channel 159, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Let's uh, do this thing. There's a lot of uh, lot of rage to get to here uh, this evening. And uh, listen, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly tonight in the National Football League. Let's just call it out for what it is. And there was a lot of great stuff. There was a lot of drama today. There was a lot of terrible performances. Um, there's teams that have a lot of problems moving forward. And I don't like overreacting after one game. You can't overreact after one game. Bad teams can win in week one and end up winning three times for the rest of the year. Right? Week one does not define a season. But at the same point in time, you know, you can sort of see the writing on the wall for some teams and how things are going to play out. And, you know, it, things could not have been any worse. Things have, could not have been any worse for the Dallas Cowboys. Not only like did the Cowboys lose the game, they lose Dak Prescott. Even with Dak Prescott, they're terrible. It's pretty clear that Mike McCarthy's, like, worse than Jason Garrett. I don't know, like, this, it's this Kellen Moore. Like, I, you know, I ask this, because everyone always has the, you know, the low-hanging fruit, or oh, he must have pictures on someone. Is, does, is Kellen Moore, like, doing someone in Jones' family? <laughs> like, I'm going to cut to the chase. Forget about pictures and stuff. Like, I honestly, is Kellen Moore married to, like, Jerry Jones' like, granddaughter? Is he, like, the Triple H or something? Like, why, did, like, why is Kellen Moore, like, promised a job? Like, Kellen Moore, like I said, Kellen Moore should be the offensive coordinator of Boise State. Like, not even the head coach. He should be at Boise State as the O.C., Right, like, like Mike McCarthy, like Mike McCarthy, Mark, he should be speaking at like a golf tournament banquet or something. Does anybody think it's a good idea? You know what, Mike McCarthy should run this team. 
Oh, you know, it's not their fault. Well, Michael Gallup is out. Yeah, because he's never hurt Michael Gallup. He's always available, right? Oh, he'll never. Oh, don't worry. We, we don't need any more wide receivers because Michael Gallup is rock solid. And don't worry. We'll make C.D. Lamb our number one wide receiver, and then we'll throw the ball to Houston all the time on third down. Let's bring in Mocon right now. A lot of stuff to get to. Start off with Dallas. What's going on, Mo? How you doing tonight? Uh, uh, well, Gabe, if you want to use a good comparable for Mike McCarthy, he is the Scott Frost of the NFL right now. <laughs> yes, good, comp- great comparison. And what happened to Scott Frost today? <laughs> you got fired as you predicted. <laughs> yes, thank you. I actually tweeted <laughs> yesterday during the game. I said if he loses this game, he won't make it to Monday. Uh, but we'll get we'll get to him. We'll get to him after. So. Yeah, um, I guess, you know, there's a lot of similarities, actually. Mo Khan, former wide receiver, steps up at NTSN Radio. So, Mo, there is a lot of, like, Nebraska used to be good, living in the glory days of, like, yesteryear and stuff. Like, honestly, at this point, bro, they'd be better off bringing Jimmy Johnson off the Fox set. (laughs) Like, like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, Like, where's Barry Switzer right now? You know, Barry Switzer's the one guy that's doing what he should be doing as, like, the life of Barry Switzer. I just picture right now Barry Switzer's drunk, sitting with a couple of cougars at a bar somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to see my ring, lady? I got a, I got a couple. I got a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even Switzer, like, you know, some of these guys don't get it. Like, you know, dude. I'm not even a Cowboy fan, and I had money on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I just it, 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 it blows my mind that the Dallas Cowboys are the most valuable franchise in the freaking planet when they suck as hard as they do. They do, Gabe, and now for Jerry Jones, and he announced after the game that Dak Prescott will be out for a few weeks as he goes for hand surgery, and now they have to go with Cooper Rush with the Giants and Kim Matters coming up before they face the Eagles Rams in weeks five and six here, they're in trouble. They're in serious trouble. That O-line looked lethargic today against the Buccaneers. That Buccaneers front seven was dominating. They ran right on that Cowboys front five and made things difficult for Dak Prescott, evident by his injury. And now you have to wonder, can they rely on Cooper Rush? Can they rely on their running game that was non-existent? You thought that, hey, Zeke Elliott and, and Paul would be a one-two punch. They were nowhere to be found. And the pressure has been on Dak Prescott to make those throws, and he couldn't do so on Sunday Night Football. And quite frankly, Gabe, now for Cowboy Nation, as they move towards week two, you wonder how many questions will arise about Mike McCarthy's status as a head coach and whether or not they have full confidence in Cooper Rush to be the man for the next month or two. Who knows how long with Dak Prescott out? Yeah, but who who would have ever thought, like who smartly would have thought that Pollard and Zeke Elliott are a good combination? You know, you know, they don't we're full of analogies. Dude, it's like it's like Beverly and Westbrook or something. You know what I mean? I'd rather have Beverly and Westbrook than those two. Listen, Pollard's right. better Pollard's better than Zeke, but they pay Zeke all the money. And Zeke's not even fat anymore. Like so like he's in shape, so he shows up and they're like, Well, he's in shape, but he's, we pay him all his money, so let's keep him as the number one back, even though the other guy's clearly faster and better, and we have more of a spark. But dude, look, the offensive line sucks. They didn't they they, they lost players on the offensive line. They didn't replace them. They drafted a guy out of the fifth round to, to work on the O line. 
the running back is is suspect. Let's just call it out for what it is. The wide receiver group is thin, bro. Like Kate Moss thin. You come in as CeeDee Lamb is the number one. Michael Gallup is always hurt. Like when isn't he yeah. hurt all the time? Uh, Dak Prescott, like, you know, can play well if they're up by 22 nothing and stuff like that. Like, he was overwhelmed tonight. I'm not going to put the loss on Dak. Uh, because he doesn't really have anything to work with in that offensive line. You saw Mo. I mean, there, there were times when guys weren't even blocked, bro. They just ran off the edge and, like, sacked them. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't good. And that's where, you know, you go back to the Tyron Smith injury. They take the kid from Tulsa in the first round who was going to play left guard, and now he's got to flex out as a tackle for, for, right away. And, and Gabe, you know, if you're a Cowboy fan today, I know you're, you're upset your own one and, and you know how it's in Cowboy land with how this plays out for them. But looking ahead here, Gabe, they are in serious cap trouble next year where they're only at $3 million below the cap. They're going to have to make a run now. This is the window right now with this core group before you have to re-up um, the Pollard, where you, before you have to re-up and save money for Mika Parsons eventually when you have to give him his contract two, three years down the road. For Dak Prescott now, with him being off the grid for the next two, three, maybe a month, whatever it is, the thing is now for Jerry Jones, is he confident enough to see this team go through this storm and still be relevant? Because because, again, the saving grace right now for them, Gabe, if it happens, we know how mediocre the NFC East has been, but with the Eagles much improved, they should be the favorites to win this division here. But if they stumble along here and both all four teams are 500 or below, it might give Dallas fans here a chance that maybe we can make a run for the division. But if you're a Cowboy fan tonight, I'm not so sure if that's going to be the case of, a, of the worst-case scenario moving forward. Hey, I love you, Mo. I love you, Mo. And I know you were saying <laughs> if you're a Cowboy fan. The, the only Cowboys getting making a run for anything, maybe Oklahoma State in the Big 12. This team's terrible. They might be, they, dude, they, they might be the worst team in this division, Mo. Like, and honestly, this, I wanted to say earlier that I don't, I don't, I, don't, I hate being that overreaction guy, but the name of the show is Sports Rage. Yeah. So I don't want to overreact and stuff, but the Eagles were already winning this division, in my opinion. It's almost game, set, match. And another thing is, so they come into the season with no wide receivers. They come into the season with a, a crap-ass offensive line. They come into the season with a crappy coach. And 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 not to mention their genius move, too, that nobody, you know, like I, I, I tweeted about it a couple of weeks ago. Cowboys don't have a backup quarterback. They actually don't have a backup quarterback, guys. They have the two stiffs on the practice roster. Will Greer. Why is Will? Dude, Will Greer couldn't make a CFL team, bro. I guarantee you. If, if Will Greer tried out for any damn CFL team, his ass would get cut. All right? Nobody in, in the NFL wants him. But, oh, he's on the Cowboy practice squad. Yeah, you know what? We're worth $6 billion. We'll fleece our fans for all the money. But our backup quarterbacks will be practice roster guys. Because Doc is an Iron Man and never gets hurt. And now they have Cooper Rush. Give the NFC East division title to the Philadelphia Eagles. Like we told you, what happened? Lock it in. This is Portridge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I like that anger management class. Rest in peace, coach. And unfortunately, this one just hit me pretty hard. And I found out moments before the show, and it, it rattled me pretty good for a second. And I was like, all right, I got I to gotta get back into uh, – so we'll get to it later. But uh, Elias Theodoro has passed away. Elias Theodoro, former UFC fighter, MMA mixed martial artist from uh, the Toronto area, 34 years old only, had cancer. And uh, – and a truly, truly a, a really nice guy. People always say that after, but I don't. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I, I won't. You know, I'll say if someone passed away, I'm not going to tell you. But I don't know what it is. You know, and they say, you know, the, the good die young and stuff. But, like, the dude was just full of passion. Anyone, look, look at the look at his lifestyle, right? Look, look at the guy. Look at, like, his adventures that he lived and stuff like that. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him later. We'll get into some UFC from last night. Uh, man, there's just so much going on. We're talking football right now with Mo Khan. Um, there's a story. I never would have believed it if it wasn't from Steph Curry himself. There's an exclusive that's going to be released tomorrow from Rolling Stone magazine because when we think of NBA scoops, we all think of Rolling Stone. Um, yeah, Steph Curry did an all-encompassing interview, right? That, you know, he's big enough, you know, marriage, politics, and, you know, social issues, and, you know, a wide range of topics, an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, including Steph Curry confirming that the Golden State Warriors actually did try to reunite with Kevin Durant. Now, we don't know the full details. Um, they just sort of teased it a little bit. But the quote is that Steph Curry says that um, Kevin Durant is misunderstood and that they tried to make it happen, but they would have had to blow the team up and they just couldn't make it work type of deal. I don't know the full details, but wow. Like I said, there's oh yeah, Alcaraz won plus 500 cash it. A lot of stuff to get to. All right, Mo. Um, <laughs> I'm all fired up here tonight. Wow. All right, so, hey, this is for uh, Niner fan. We got not a lot of Niner fan. We got a lot of people in the Bay Area that tune in, and shout out to all you guys, even though I'm a Dodger fan. I love you, and I uh, thank you for loving me. But I like the Niner fans in the chat are saying, man, I'm glad the Cowboys are taking some heat off of us, right? And no, no, we, we, didn't, we didn't forget about you. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't forget about you. So it's almost like worlds colliding here with everything. So let's keep this rolling, Mo, into yeah. – let's keep it in the Bay Area. First, actually, 
quick thoughts on the fact that Curry confirms that they actually tried to get Kevin Durant back and just recently a couple of weeks ago type thing. It, it reaffirms the Golden State's desire to continue to cash in on this window of what they have as a core roster, which is now getting a little bit longer with Steph, Draymond, and Clay on the back nine, uh, early 30s right now with their careers moving forward here. And they saw that, hey, Kevin Durant could be that missing piece in a very ultra-competitive Western Conference. It'll be fascinating moving forward here, given how this plays out for this conference. But I think for what the Warriors have built up, uh, they're probably better off to stay away from KD and continue with what they've done in the last, of course, the last two months prior the championship and now trying to build that back up again for next season well rolling stone have done a nice job of piquing my interest uh in this uh this interview tomorrow we'll obviously discuss it uh tomorrow so uh the san francisco 49ers uh were up uh today um they're up 10 nothing then the wheels just completely fall off in this football game uh for them they could have iced it and you know listen trey lance when you're the quarterback you know, it is what it is. And he's in a situation where if they win a game, he's probably not going to get a lot of credit. If they lose a game, right. a lot of people are going to look at him, right? And especially yeah. when you consider that Jimmy G is still there. And we even got a crazy Jimmy G story that came out today, too, that we'll get to. But with that being stated, Mo, wasn't Trey Lance. It was Samuel that fumbled the football, right? Like, Samuel, yeah. Yeah. Samuel could have iced the game, bro. Samuel fumbles the football. Guys, like, you know, basically they're going in for a touchdown. Samuel fumbles the ball. The first five drives of the game, the Bears punt the ball. In the second half, they score three straight touchdowns. One of them was an interception, and they returned it, and they, they had a short field to work with after. But how many times in the second half as well did the, did the Niners come up with a stop on third down? And it was like, oh, here's a flag. Oh, well, you hit him late. Oh, you jumped offside. It was a complete meltdown. It was, and we listen. We'll get to Trey Lance, but do you agree with my assessment that it was just an all-around meltdown by the San Francisco 49ers and not just Trey Lance? Yeah, I, I felt the Niners weren't ready for the scheme on Sunday, Gabe. And regardless of the weather, what it was, which was a complete monsoon of, of what it was presented on TV, uh, they weren't ready. Uh, physically, mentally, they were not ready. And, and, and now moving towards the week two game that they'll have coming up next weekend, the question now for Kyle Shanahan and trying to rebuild the confidence is that can he get this team reestablished with their running game? Because they, again, suffered another injury during the football game, and they relied too much on Debo Samuel to be the bell cow and Trey Lance to run the football. I mean, those guys combined for over 100 yards rushing. You can't have that happen. You have to establish a running game with what you have from the ball carriers. And to avoid it didn't help that Mitchell got hurt, right, Mo? They, no, let's throw that in there. Help. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mitchell got hurt yeah, early. Exactly. That's why a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr. has to be much more uh, prominent in this in this offense. And and I, again for Kyle Shanahan, and this has been the mo that we've seen when he was the OC for the Falcons when he lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We saw this when they were up ten against Kansas City, and we saw it last year against Rams in the NFC title game. His his play calling and other fans that I know have questioned his play calling as a, as a head coach and whether or not he's making the right calls at the crucial moment of a football game. And I think in this high in this long term. 
long-term view, I still believe San Fran will be the team to beat in the NFC moving towards the next 16 games that they have left in their schedule. But this was a bad marker for them because, again, Gabe, they could establish themselves as a front-runner by taking on the Bears team that had no business being in this football game with what they have right now as a roster going towards this season. You gotta love, love like when you look at like the box score of this game and you look at Justin Fields. What was he eight to seventeen off the top of my head? You yeah, said it was like one that. of those deals where like the Bears were terrible. The fans are getting like there's like leaks in the stadium. <laughs> like fans are getting soaked and drenched, not just from like the rain, but like there's like like puddles and like falling from like the upper deck onto people. There's crazy videos out there. People are disgusted with the Bears. Like, I see Bears Twitter, like, this is a disgrace. And, like, people are, like, people are hating it. And then, Mo, but Mo, it's one of those deals where the Bears in the preseason, if you notice, they had a good preseason. And it was like, I don't know if they know they're supposed to suck. And, yeah, they do suck. They do suck. But at the same point in time, good for them. They had a good training camp. They worked hard. They didn't tap out and quit uh, in, uh, on this football game today. And the football gods rewarded them. I want you know, there's a couple of games like that where I think the football gods rewarded teams for the effort, for playing to win, etc. And let's give credit. The Bears, the Bears did not quit today on this football game. They kept grinding, they kept grinding, and they ended up winning the game easily. Yeah, and you have to give Matt Eberflus full credit for the fact that his defense played well. Uh, I mean, look, they're, they're probably two, three years away from being competitive in the NFC. In fact, they'll have $123 million of cash to work with next spring to bring in some reinforcements. But you look at that defense game. They played really well. They had uh, a, a few TFLs. They had hits on Trey Lance, yep. and they were able to rush Trey Lance. And, and what was surprising is that this Niner O-line that was banged up last year that is supposedly much healthier now, they were mauled at the line of scrimmage. They couldn't contain this Bears front attack that they have from a 3-4 perspective that they're going to a 4-3 now. So I just think in this whole landscape of what the Bears did, if you're a Bears fan, yes, you want to tank the year to have a high-end draft pick, but for this one seminal moment here in the opening game, this is a great building block for Eberflus to say, look, we can build this franchise. It might take us some time here, but this defense has the capabilities to keep up with some of the better offenses if it plays near-perfect Football, which they did on Sunday afternoon. Hey, it's Bears at Packers Sunday night football next week, That's and who right. would have thought that the the team that would be one and zero would be the Bears? Although I'm not surprised the Packers lost. Uh, I'm a little surprised the Bears ended up winning the game, although not fully shocked. I do think there's two schools of thought about it too, and they're like, well. The game was in really bad weather and stuff, but I'm thinking, well, you know, it does rain in San Francisco sometimes, guys, right? Like, so I, I, I was thinking about that. Level, I believe, right? And they're, yeah. they're below sea level in San Francisco. So the weather is even worse when it rains in that part of the country. And, and you're right, kid. They should be much more prepared, which they weren't. On yeah, Sunday that's what was strange. Yeah, it's like, guys, you are the Niners. You should be like, yeah, cool, it's raining. But at the same point in time, you played football, Mo. Yeah. It was so bad the conditions that's a big time equalizer when the other team is more talented you know what i mean like oh, you got yeah. a bunch of oh, way yeah. more talented guys but you're running around in puddles of water bro like so it's sort of it, it, it became like yeah. 1920s football <laughs> exactly and you know what the bear exactly it was a slugfest and the bears has willed themselves to victory in it so now the story comes guys that 
Remember when it was like, yeah, the Niners are probably going to let Jimmy G go. And then it was like, oh, no, they actually kept him. Wow. They, they renegotiated and they came up with a deal to keep him for one more year. It turns out that the team that was about to grab Jimmy G and they had a deal, like they were talking to him and stuff, but the Niners were like, we can't let this happen. The Los Angeles Rams. And I tell you what, I said this earlier in the day, and McVay's not even hiding it. His concern about Stafford's health moving forward, and McVay will throw his quarterback under the bus fast. The Rams wanted to bring Jimmy G in. The Niners shut it down, and now everyone in the Bay Area is going to start crying to play Jimmy G after one game. Mo Fox on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, look, there's a big crowd. Welcome us back, even though we lost. Hey, I'll give you something to cry about, you loser. You can't catch a football. Let's see if you can catch a rock. You know what? I think Mo Khan actually is like today's sports fan. <laughs> um, and we got Mo Sislak and Mo Khan. And um, Mo, Mo Sislak, you know, goes to the airport and starts throwing rocks and people in our, in our chat, Mo Khan, uh, with us right now, are the same way. And we live in an era right now in a society. You've been, you you followed football a long time, the NFL. And it's funny because I, I had the... Um, I went off. I went over the stat here earlier as far as uh, Troy Aikman is concerned. And Troy Aikman's first start in the National Football League. In which, uh, so the Cowboys scored three points uh, tonight. Uh, their second fewest points in a season opener in franchise history. The only other time the Cowboys scored uh, three or fewer points, Mo, was in 1989. Troy Aikman's NFL debut. They lost 28-0. Right, And if you recall Troy Aikman's rookie year, guys, it was a freaking disaster. Like, it was yeah. bad, bad. Like, man, I remember, like, his football card was his neck getting cranked sideways by, like, someone on Washington. Like, like that was, like, his card. Like, they didn't have a highlight mode. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, yeah, it was like a this guy, yeah. Team for him. Yeah, do you remember? Like, it was like, yeah, this guy's not going to make it, like, through the year. Like, he's getting seriously injured. 
Uh, and Jimmy Johnson didn't even really like him, right? Jimmy was like, I want Steve Walsh to play, my guy from Miami, <laughs> right? Like so. Right, and right. Steve Walsh is like, had to like arm strike like I did, right? He was a skinny dude, but he would get the ball like to you, you know what I mean? And they were like, listen, Aikman's the number one pick, and we got to, you know what I mean? You got to chill out on this. But understanding, they were terrible. They went like one in 15 that year. Peyton Manning led the league in, uh, in interceptions as a rookie. So did Eli Manning. Right. Now we live in an era, bro, where Trey Lance will get buried right now. Now, he's got to deal with it. He got a man up. You want to beat a man, you're going to have to take this stuff and, and deal with the media abuse. But it's going to be loud in the Bay Area, bro. Right? And it's funny because the same people don't really even like Jimmy G. But now they're going to turn their dislike and they're, they're going to put their blame on Trey Lance and on Shanahan. And now if you're Shanahan, it's not the end of the world. You lose one game. But it's just a damn nightmare. Now all week you have to take these damn questions at the press conference. Well, how long are you going to stick with Trey Lance for if you lose again? Right? Like, you know what I'm talking about. It's a disaster. Yeah. It is a disaster because now, for for remember, like uh, five weeks ago, Gabe, we're talking about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on his own at Niners practice, throwing by himself, right? Like not involved in team meetings, not involved with anything with the Niners related. Now we go into this picture here, and Trey Lance even said himself that it was awkward uh, to be in that scenario where Jimmy G's brought back uh, to be what the facto backup or starter, who knows? But the reality is, Gabe. The, the whispers that was being discussed from the Bay Area was that Trey Lance did not look comfortable um, in practice, did not look comfortable in gameplay. If you recall, Gabe, the last preseason game that Trey Lance was involved, the plan was to go two series max for him, and that's it. He went three, and there was talk he might have gone four, but they took out everyone in case they got hurt. So you wonder now for Trey Lance, and this is not on him because of the fact that, hey, the Niners believe that he's a franchise quarterback, but the limited number of throws he's had the last couple of years has stunted his development as a quarterback, and this should be a lesson for a guy like, say, Anthony Richardson in Florida to maybe get as many reps as he can afford before he took care for the draft, whether it's now or next year. I think now for Trey Lance, they'll keep with him. But the reality is now Shannon has to do a better job to put him in better position to make better throws than what he couldn't do, albeit in the rain against the Bears on Sunday night. I think it'd be a better idea not to to make Anthony Richardson your starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, that's just my own personal opinion, but that's that's another story. Mo Khan kicking it with us. So, you know, the the thing is, um, now they get they get Seattle this week. And, right. you know, it's a good point that you raised. So we'll see what happens tomorrow with Seattle. We'll get your thoughts on this game. But the thing, like, we know that he had limited throws, right? He's thrown 330 passes in his life type of deal. He played one season in North Dakota State and one game after. And then, you know, and then it was awkward because it was the pandemic. And then he didn't play. And then so there's just there's a lot of, like, a lot of inactivity for a guy, like you said. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you need to get the reps up there. That's why you're going to have to go through some growing pains. But... You know, it's something I just thought of, Mo, as you were talking about this, too, about North Dakota State. If you think, like today, it was bad in the fourth quarter. He was like, you know, four for 13 or something. Like, it was deer in the headlight type of stuff. How many times has he trailed in a football game in his life as well? Not many. From high school to North Dakota State, where they won by 50 every week. You know what I mean? Here he is in the first game of the year. Oh, the running backs hurt. Oh, yeah, it's pouring rain. And we got this bear team that everyone says it sucks. Well, they don't seem to suck to me because they keep putting me on my ass right now. Right? So it was sort of a combination of everything. And like I said, 
the defense didn't help them out. Like it was, it was a disaster all around for them. Let's just call it out for what it is. Like we could pick on Dallas, the Niners. That's a long plane ride home, not just for Trey, for Bosa. He, he you could tell he was upset. There was just a lot of sloppy, unforced errors by the Niners today. They gave that game away. They, they definitely did. And in the long-term view, and again, there's still 16 more games left, this might cost them maybe a top seed or top two seed where now they might be going to Green Bay if Green Bay ends up winning the division or to a, a team that they may not have good experience going on the road facing again. So I think now for this Niner team here, as they get to the Seahawks in week two at, at home, you guys simplify the offense, establish your running game, and give Trey Lance easy throws to make. Because, look, this Seahawks defense, like this Seahawks team, whatever they do tomorrow night against the Broncos, right? They have a decent defense. It's more their offense at the question mark. But that defense yeah. for Seattle can lock up with some of the uh, – be physical and can lock up with their secondary. So I think in this context, Shannon has to do a better job to give Trey Lance better position to make a play or two that will ease his angst and up his confidence. You know what? They get Chicago in a good spot, though. Um um, you know, if you look at so you know they got Chicago in San Francisco today in, in in the rain, and now you'll get Seattle after playing on a Monday night. You know what I mean? Now it would be a disastrous right. and a train wreck to lose to Chicago and Seattle to start the season. <laughs> like that would be bad. Let's not forget, week three they go to Denver on Sunday night, so the microscope gets even bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need Chicago. to win this game. So I'm just stating. Especially if Seattle, it's all these teams going around in my head at once. So this team's playing here, but I was going to say because we're jumping ahead a week. But tomorrow, if Seattle wins this game, you're even getting them in a better spot. Like it'll be tough to follow up the Monday night win going into San Francisco uh, right. this weekend. So for the record, the Niners are laying eight and a half. So another theme today. I wanted to get to the Monday nighter, but a big theme today was first-year coaches getting it done today, huh? If you look, so right. the Chicago Bears, we just talked about it. And, you know, he's, he's done a nice job. He did a nice job in training camp and in the preseason coming over from Indianapolis, the defensive coordinator. And then you got Brian Dable today. And we got to get to Dable. You got McDaniel and Miami and O'Connell, all with brilliant debuts today. But let's start off with Brian Dable and the Giants. You know, you're down 13 nothing at the half. You dig down deep, you battle, you miss an extra point, and then boom, you're down 20-13. You keep on battling. You turn the ball over in the end zone. It's like, oh, boy, you just threw the interception. This is it. No, you kept fighting. You kept fighting. And then you end up going for the win with a minute left, which I actually liked the decision at the time because either way, they still were getting the ball back with a minute. So at least you you know, you know, were playing for the win, and the football gods rewarded them. One game doesn't make a season. But at the same point in time, I, I think the biggest takeaway is, number one, he's not Joe Judge. But I think the biggest takeaway no. really would be <laughs> if Saquon Barkley – is can stay healthy. They give them. They're going to be in games. And if Daniel Jones can limit the turnovers, right? So you had the interception. You had yeah. the fumble. Two is too many. You want to get it down to one game. I could even live with even that. But it's not always his fault all the time. But they just showed a lot. You could tell the feeling. You saw the video of them dancing after the game. You could see the emotion of Barkley going up to Dable after and hugging him. But for real, not like just that sort of that, yeah, coach. Like he went up for real and sort of embraced him. 
he wouldn't have done that with Joe Judge after a win. I'll tell you that. <laughs> like, you know what no, I'm saying? No. Like, there's no, something you can win. tell. They got something going on there. They do. And, look, I, I'm not surprised they went for the two-point convert. I think Dable realized, look, this would set the tone for the locker room. I'll be honest say, hey, I believe in these guys. But also Dable realized that from a skill perspective, if they went to overtime, they would have been trucked by that Tennessee team because, again, they just can't compete on a position-by-position head-to-head battle here unless you're Saquon Barkley. And the thing for Dable that he did so well today, Gabe, was that that O-line played beyond their, their years. That defense played beyond their years of expectations, and they were able to really control the narrative along the line of scrimmage. And that's why Saquon Barkley looked like the dude that they drafted three, four years ago to be that franchise running back. And I think now – and you saw what Dable did on the silence with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has to limit those mistakes because if he can do that, I'm not saying the Giants are going to win 10 games. It makes them much more relevant than what they were the last couple of years, that they can rely on Daniel Jones however long he's there as a Giants quarterback. But I just think for the Tennessee Titans, there will be more question marks about Ryan Tannehill and how long he holds on to his job with Malik Willis waiting in the wings and whether or not the fans will be chanting for Willis to come in there at some point because Ryan Tannehill has once again thumbed the football as a quarterback for this Tennessee team the last couple of years. And the Tennessee Titans are not in a very favorable position in their next football game as they go to Orchard Park to play the Buffalo Bills. On Monday Night um, Football on top of that. On Monday Night uh, Football. So the Bills coming off the spectacular win that we were at on Thursday night. It's a, it's a long time to be off. It could take them a little bit out of the rhythm, but at the same point in time, it's almost like the the revenge tour here. Tennessee have beaten them a bunch of times, bro. Right, I went over it last week. I don't need to rule. get to it later in the week, but they beat them a bunch of times. They beat them last year. Josh Allen, they blew the lead. The Bills were winning. They blew the lead. Then the Bills were about to score late. They went for it on fourth and goal. They would have scored, but Josh Allen fell on his own. He didn't even get hit. He actually just fell. He slipped. Um, during the pandemic year, the Titans played around with COVID and stuff. The Bills had to play on a Tuesday on a weird circumstance with a schedule. And the, the Titans... Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they smoked them. And remember, it was like 47-14 or whatever the hell it was. So, I think, you know, Buffalo are aware of this. Right? This will be a big game. Good point as far as Tannehill. But what do you think, Mo, of we got about a minute and a half before the break. What do you yeah. think of uh, Monday night's game, Russell Wilson return to Seattle? Well, it's a strong indictment that the Seahawks don't believe in Drew Locke to be starting to quarterback against his former team. The thing that I'm curious to see is that Bronco O-line. Can they uphold and give Russell Wilson that time? Because if you think about Russell Wilson, Gabe, he's been sacked quite a bit the last eight, nine years as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And the Broncos O-line is going to be the focus, I believe, on that game because that Seahawks defense, as I said before, they can play with some of the big boys. And if they get to Russell Wilson early in that matchup, it could keep Seattle going into the fourth quarter and maybe a punch a chance to pull off the win over the Broncos on primetime football. I think they're going to be in this football game as well. I like them plus the points. They're getting six and a half points, uh, Mo. Geno Smith is very, he's been good against the spread from a, from a betting perspective. He's been good against right. the spread in his career. And one thing that Geno did better than Russell Wilson last year when Russ was out is he gets the ball out quicker. Russell Wilson's always trying to extend plays and buy time, and he runs into trouble. At least Gino will just drop back, boom, and get rid of the ball and get in the playmaker's hands. We'll wrap up a mo on the other side. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Late night anger man for across this sports right. All right, we got a couple more minutes of Mo Khan. So Mo, you saying Seattle hang around tomorrow against the Denver Broncos? Getting six and a half points? Yeah, I think the Seahawks do hang around. I think the Broncos do win, but I think this will be a lot closer than expected because, again, that defense can play well on primetime football, which they've done on Monday night at uh, at the Northwest in Seattle. Should be a lower-scoring game tomorrow as well. well Seattle I, don't I, want I it to be a higher-scoring game, I'll tell you that. I, I agree, Gabe, because remember, these the, the number one the number one players in the rosters are still getting to football shape, so I think it'll be slow burner coming out of the gates, and I think it'll pick up in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree with that take. All right, so before we get you out of here, what a crazy weekend of college football, man. Absolute madness. <laughs> so, look, out of the top 10 teams, out of the yeah. top 10 teams, well, the top 25, four of them lost, but out of the top 10 teams, Mo, only one of them covered a point spread. <laughs> like, only one of them covered, like, only one of them ever covered a point spread, and that was the USC Trojans. But, uh, wow, I, you know, the, the biggest, we got to say, wow, as far as App State doing it again and going into college, uh, going up there and, and beating Texas A&M like that, that that was pretty crazy right there. Wild, wild weekend of football. And it's crazy to say Alabama were kind of lucky, bro. Like, they got away with a lot. Like, the referees, I don't know if it was deliberate or they, you know, because the refs were right there. So it's like, you, bro, like you can't get more blatant holding than that, man. You know, it is, it is what it is. But should Alabama be concerned, or is Texas that good in no. your opinion? What, what'd you, what was your opinion no, of the weekend? No, Texas, Texas is not at that level yet, Gabe. They're still probably a year and a half, two years away from that position. I think for Steve Sarkeesian, it gives hope that he can keep his job as a head coach for Texas, but they're nowhere near Alabama yet. For Bama, a wake-up call for them. I think they'll, they'll be refocused for the rest of the SEC schedule that they'll have up coming up in the next couple weeks. All right, finally, we got about 20 seconds or 30 seconds or something like that. we got time. Oh, there's the music. Will Matt Campbell be the next head coach in Nebraska and leave Iowa State for, for Lincoln, Nebraska? Yes or no? No, they'll have time to figure that out with the head start that they have with the fire and Scott Frost. How about John Gruden to Nebraska? <laughs> Maybe. There, there's some crazy. Who's thinking outside the box? Bring it. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Mm-hmm. 